Good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day. Um, if you're able, please stand to show reverence to the Lord as we join in hearing his word. Our Old Testament reading this morning is Psalm 23, 1 to 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our New Testament reading is John 10, 22 to 30. At that time, the feast of dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Um, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the hands of my Father. I and the Father are one. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You may be seated. Please bow with me in prayer for the word. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us, and we, Lord, praise you. We lift up your name, for you alone are worthy of all of our praise and our worship. Lord, as we sing your word, as we meditate and pray your word, we now, Lord, yearn to hear your word. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts of understanding. Fill us with your spirit so that as we listen to your word, that, Lord, you may stir up in us what is pleasing to you, that we may, in our lives, in our daily lives, glorify you. We pray this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue in our season of Eastertide. We are continuing in Easter. And always we should remember that Christ is risen, but especially in this season we remember and we meditate on the fact that Christ is risen. And as we do so, we believe that he is alive. Right? Not, not just 2,000 years ago that he resurrected, but that today, even now, in our lives, that Christ is still alive. And so, with that belief, when we pray to him, we believe that he hears us because he is alive. He's not dead. He's not a statue. Right? He, he's alive. And so we believe that he hears us when we pray, when we read scripture, 
because he is alive, we believe that he is alive, we, we know that he moves in us. He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And so, we believe that Christ is alive, that he lives within us, and that he walks before us every day. We are especially reminded of this this morning in our New Testament passage, in David's famous words, that the Lord is my shepherd. And we believe these words this morning as well, because Christ is alive, that he is our shepherd even today, and he leads us. He protects us, he provides for us, he blesses us, he does all things for us. And so, though we cannot see him, and though we do not see him, we still believe in him, and we believe that he is alive. And so today, I want to discuss how to know that he leads us, how to know that he is our shepherd, how can we know that we are, in fact, his sheep? How can we hear him when he speaks to us? In today's passage, there, there is a, a, a word that Jesus tells to us as well as to the people in his day. He says that if you are his sheep, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And that's what I want to talk about today. We know that in the life and ministry of Jesus, there were many who doubted his claims and there were many who repudiated his teachings, especially the Jewish leaders. They were often arguing with Jesus. They were often, often criticizing him and disputing against him. And they were constantly trying to trap him in his words, constantly trying to get Jesus to say something or do something so that they can accuse him. Or in our term today in the 21st century, they were trying to cancel Jesus, right? That's what they were trying to do. Of course, all of their accusations, all of their, their you know, attempts to try to find something wrong with Jesus, they all fell to the ground because Jesus is God and he's perfect. And there's nothing wrong with him. In fact, the opposite happened. When these Jewish leaders tried to trap Jesus, Jesus would actually reveal his infinite wisdom that he was smarter than them. And he would outwit them many times and silence his opponents. And in every encounter, Jesus displayed his deity. Jesus, he reveals through his life, through his ministry, and through his works that he is the Son of God. There was not a time when these Jewish leaders could say, oh, you did something wrong, or, oh, you must not be the Son of God. Every time he showed that he was, in fact, the Son of God. And so, it is quite astonishing that in today's New Testament account, which comes at the end, towards the end of Jesus' ministry, that the Jewish leaders, these Jews, they come to Jesus and they still question him. And they ask him, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, it's interesting and it's, it's intriguing because Jesus has been telling them that he is the Christ. He hasn't been keeping them a secret. He hasn't been trying to uh, withhold any information, secret information from them. He's been telling them through stories, through parables, through his work, through his healing, right? Healing the leper, healing the blind, raising the dead back to life. He has been showing and revealing this entire time that he is the Christ. Yet 
here are these Jews. They come to him and they ask him, if you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. And so this is how Jesus responds. He says, I told you, and you do not believe. He says, I told you. I told you the parables. I gave you the examples. I showed you the miracles. I showed you all the works. I raised the dead back to life. I cast out the demons. I told you, but you do not believe. And this is the crux of the passage today. That even though Jesus himself, God incarnate, God himself, told these people, showed these people that he is the Messiah, he is the Christ, they still did not believe him. Even after they witnessed firsthand all the things that he did, they still did not believe him. There are many who today claim, if I just saw Jesus, if I just saw the miracles that he did, if I just saw God, right, then I would believe in him. Many claim that if they could just hear God, hear his audible voice, voice or, or touch him physically, that they would believe him. Yet we see through today's passage, the harsh reality is that those who do not believe in Jesus, even if, they came, even if he came right in front of them and spoke to them and touched them and did miracles for them, that they still would not believe. Jesus tells a parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where Lazarus, he pleads with Father Abraham. He says, please send Lazarus back to, you know, my brothers who are still alive. And if they see Lazarus, and if they hear about what will happen to them after they live their lives, then they will believe. And in this parable that Jesus teaches, this is what he says. In Luke chapter 16. But Abraham said to the rich man, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, the rich man said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. And in fact, this proved true. That even after Jesus resurrected from the dead and revealed his resurrected body, that some still did not believe. That some still doubted. Even today, with all of the, the witnesses with all the testimonies, with all the accounts, with all the things that Jesus has done through the history of the church, there are still so many today that do not believe that Jesus is the Christ. And some people might try to convince you that if there was just a little bit more evidence, or, you know, if I could just see something. It's impossible to believe it if you can't see it, even though for those same people, they believe in things that they can't see every single day. But the fact is that they do not believe because their hearts have been hardened. 
they do not believe because Jesus says, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Jesus gives the reason why some people believe and some people don't. In verses 26 and 27, he says to these Jewish leaders, to these Jews, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. This is such an astonishing thing for Jesus to say. Why? Because he's talking to the Jews. He's looking at the Jewish people, and he's saying, you are not my sheep. Why is it so astonishing? Well, because the Jewish people are the chosen people of God. Throughout the Old Testament, they are the ones whom God chose in order to be glorified through the nations. In the Old Testament, as we read in the the Old Testament passage today, the Lord is their shepherd. This was an analogy that they were very familiar with. The Lord was their shepherd, and the Israelites, the people of Israel, the Jews, were his sheep. They were the flock of God. And in today's passage, Jesus says, you don't believe in me because you are not the sheep of God. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so, what what do we learn from this? We learn that salvation doesn't come from your roots, doesn't come from your bloodline. Salvation doesn't come from your culture or your race or your ethnicity. But as Jesus says, salvation only comes to those who are his sheep. Again, only those who belong to Jesus, who are his flock, his sheep, will hear his voice and will follow him. Now, as a new believer, many years ago, this passage haunted me. This passage kept me awake for years. Even after I had converted to be a Christian, even after I started going into uh, studying theology and trying to get my theology degree, this passage scared me. Why? Because I had so many questions. Like, how do I hear the voice of Jesus? He says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, I had never heard Jesus' voice. What does his voice even sound like? What if I don't hear Jesus' voice? Well, then, if I never hear his voice, does that mean I'm really saved? Does this mean that I'm a fake Christian? Is my faith real? I had so many questions. How do I hear the voice of Jesus? Now, if I had grown up and been raised in a strong, reformed PCA church, Maybe I wouldn't have had so many of these questions and I wouldn't have been so scared. But being from a pentaful gospel charismatic background, this passage mortified me because I had never heard the voice of Jesus before. And so for many years, literally years and years, I prayed that I could hear God's audible voice. Without hearing his audible voice, I believed that I wasn't saved, that I wasn't part of his sheep because I had never heard his voice. God, 
Speak to me. Let me hear your voice. For many seasons, for many seasons, I wrestled with this. Even as I was training to become a pastor, even as I was learning theology. Because to me, if I didn't hear his voice, then either he wasn't real or I wasn't a Christian. And I believe both. I believe that God was real and I believe that I was a Christian. And so I kept praying and I kept asking, but I never heard his audible voice. And I still never have. But the more that I grew as a Christian, the more that I read and studied his word, the more that I learned about God, the more I realized that hearing God's audible voice doesn't, doesn't determine my salvation. Only faith in Jesus Christ determines my salvation. And that faith, praise be to God, is not determined by me. It is determined by God. Leon Morris points out, in the passage, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. He says, one might have expected after this, and they know me. My sheep hear my voice and they know me. But the proposition is reversed. It is the knowledge Christ has of the sheep that is important. And accordingly, it is this that receives the emphasis. The result of this knowledge is that they follow him, the present tense denoting a habitual following. This is how we are able to follow Jesus. This is why we follow Jesus every day. Not because we knew him first. Not because we loved him first. But because he knew us first. Because he chose us first. Because he loves us first. We are able to continue following him every day with the assurance that we are his sheep. We have full assurance that he knows us and that we will never be taken away from him because he knows us. The sheep hear his voice and he knows the sheep. How can we hear his voice? Because he knows us. Not because we know him, because he knows us. We hear his voice. What I had failed to recognize all of those many years petitioning to hear God's audible voice was that I was hearing his voice every day. I was hearing him call me and lead me every single day through the reading of his word, through the meditating of his word, through the hearing of his word, through the singing of his word, through prayer, through fasting, through fellowship and conversation with other sheep who heard his voice through service to God and to others, I was always hearing the voice of my shepherd. And he was always leading me so that I could follow him. And that's how I ended up in South Korea. And that's how I ended up serving him in church. And that's how I ended up meeting my wife. And so many other things that he has constantly been leading me, even though I don't hear an audible voice. Why? Because he has led me and he leads us through faith. Through the faith that he has given us, he leads us and he guides us. 
This is the faith that causes us to know him and understand him and follow him. And this comes from our good shepherd knowing us. So those who believe will never be snatched away from him, as he says in verses 29 and 30, my father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Why will we never be snatched away from Jesus? Because he knows us. See, if our faith If our salvation was contingent upon us knowing God, us knowing Jesus, we'd all be in trouble. We'd all be snatched away. But Jesus says that we will never be snatched away. Why? Because he knows us and he has known us. And even before time, he knows us. And so truly, this is a cause for rejoicing and celebration that those who are truly saved will never be taken away from the Father. Those who truly believe in Jesus, those sheep who hear the voice of the shepherd, we will follow him because God has given us faith to believe in him. Growing up, I was always seeking the approval of other people, as probably many other people have. I wanted approval from my parents, Approval from my brother, my older brother, who was cooler than I and better than I and everything else. I wanted his approval. Approval from my friends. Approval from my teachers. Approval from the world. I constantly was seeking affirmation and approval from the people and from the world around me. And this made me always unsure of people's love for me. The bad experiences that I had. The abandonments that I had felt. I was always afraid that I would lose people's love, lose people's approval, that people wouldn't like me anymore. I was always afraid. I had this hidden fear ever since I was a little kid that if somebody really figured out, right, found out who I really was, that they wouldn't want to be with me anymore. They wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. There was this fear inside of my heart because I was always seeking approval. I think it's like this for a lot of people. And I think it's like this with a lot of people when we have our relationship with God. Because we have been hurt before, or maybe we've been abandoned before, or maybe we've had a bad experience before, or maybe we're just insecure, or or there's something in us that gives us that fear. That in our relationship with God, We know he loves us. When we sing the songs, we we feel the presence of God. We feel that. But in our daily lives, when something goes wrong, or maybe when we fall into sin, we start to think, maybe God doesn't really love me. Maybe he will leave me. Maybe he's going to find out who I really am. That I'm not the Sunday Christian on Sunday, but on Monday through Saturday, man, I can get angry, I can get frustrated, I can do some bad things. If God really figures out who I am, maybe he's going to leave me. And I think sometimes that's the way we live as Christians. And that's the type of relationship that we have with God. But today, Jesus says, no. No one can snatch them away. Ever. Because I am their shepherd and I know them, and they are mine. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul reminds us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is the confidence that we live with every day as the sheep. The confidence that it's not up to me, it's not up to my works, it's not up to my, even my performance before God that determines whether he loves me or not, that determines whether he's going to be with me or not, that determines whether he's going to abandon me or not. It is not up to me. Paul says, by grace you have been saved and you have been given this faith. It's not up to us. It's up to God. And that same author, Paul, he reminds us in Romans that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will separate us. How foolish it is for us to think that God might find us out someday. He already knows. He already knew, and he already knows. He knows what you do now. He knows what you'll do tomorrow. He knows the mistakes and the failures you'll make. But that's the beauty of the gospel. That is grace. That even though he knew, and even though he knows now, and he will know tomorrow, that he still calls us as his sheep. And so, we are called to live with the assurance of God's love daily in our lives. To live with the assurance that we are the sheep of God. Not to live like I did with doubt. That if I don't hear his audible voice, or if this doesn't happen, or if that doesn't happen, then, then maybe I'm not saved. No. We look to his sacrifice we look to his cr the cross. We look to his resurrection. That is how much he loves us. And he will not take it away from us. Morris describes faith in this way. He says, We should notice that the teaching of this verse is not that believers will be saved from earthly disaster, but that they will be saved no matter what earthly disaster may befall them. And I'd like to add that we will be saved no matter what we try to do to mess that up. We will be saved. And so, this fact that we are saved by grace through God's gift, that we are God's chosen, and that we will never be snatched away, this is powerful assurance of faith, of salvation that we must live with as his sheep every single day. And in light of the nations, I think this passage becomes even more powerful. There are some people throughout history, and there have been times where certain people groups, certain ethnicities, they were not included in the Catholic, in the universal church. However, through this passage, we see that God has elected his own, his sheep, not just from the Jews, not just from a certain people group, not just from a certain ethnicity, 
but that he has elected and chosen all of his sheep. And so he says prior to today's passage, he says in verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold, not of the Jews. He says, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. We, who have been gathered from all nations, all people groups, all tribe, all languages, we together are one flock, and we ought to follow one shepherd, our God. Just as Jesus is one with God the Father, he calls us, his flock, to be one in him and under the good shepherd. Because Jesus lives today, we whom he has known and who have heard his voice, we follow him every day. And we do it together. Jesus spoke plainly to the Jewish leaders around him. And he said, yes, I am the Christ. Yet they did not hear his voice, nor did they understand what he was saying. Yet to those whom God has chosen, though we cannot see him, we hear his voice and we believe that he is the Christ. And we have received faith from the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And so, brothers and sisters, those who are in the flock of Christ, let us flee from the other voices. Jesus says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let us cut off the sound of the voice of the strangers, the voice of the world, the voice of the ones trying to tell us we're not good enough for Jesus. Oh yeah, I already know I'm not good enough for Jesus. The ones that tell us that he's going to leave us. Oh, Jesus doesn't really love you. He's going to leave you. You better be careful. The ones that are trying to put fear in our lives, let us cut off those voices and let us start listening to the one voice, the shepherd's voice, the one who leaves the 99 so that he can find the one. He gave his own life and took it back up so that we could hear his voice and we could follow him. And so let us love the voice of our Lord. Let us love to hear from him through his word, through prayer, through the sacraments. And let us seek to obey and follow him with all of our lives that we may be recognized as the sheep of our good shepherd and that the world may see Christ and praise him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for saving us, for being our good shepherd. You are the one who has called us your own. And Lord, you have assured us that your love will never leave us. And so, Father, with that assurance, with the faith that you've given us, let us live out every single day in that assurance of salvation that we may, in our daily lives, wherever we go, give you all the praise and the glory for what you have done 
in our lives. And Lord, let the world see you in us, that they too may praise and worship you. We pray this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.